How's it going everybody? This is Martin Stokes here and this is Dean Scurry and I am a traveller and I am a countryman. Welcome to a traveller and a countryman podcast. podcast. So do you want to introduce this episode? So here we are today, it's um, episode 8, yes. I love the voice that you do. I'm Martin, yeah, and we have Dean over there in the corner. Do the voice again, do, do that thumb, one again. He's got his thumb in his mouth and he doesn't know, he's, he's all stuck for words. Hello, but episode 8 at here. the same time, I'm stuck for words because I don't know what we're going to be talking about here <laughs> this evening. Uh, we're just going to throw random stuff in whenever we can. Happy days, how are you doing? All good. Um... I see that the leg is up there. What's going on? The leg? Yeah. Well, it's a bit sore at the moment, so... Do you want to tell me about it? Well, I don't know if I want to talk about the leg, do I? I don't know if that's important, is it? That's very important. Uh, I have the crutch looking after that, so I'm brand new. What's up with the leg? Um, Actually sprained. Is it? Yeah. Um, went to the doctor a couple of times with it. And the doctor come back to you and say... And they gave me a few bits and pieces. It's sprained, and what's the sprain from? They gave me a few sleeping tablets because I was talking too much. He said, go home and take them home. <laughs> what's the sprain from? Go home and take them, he said. Just walking out the door and twisted it. Ah, very good. Ah, that's nothing. It's not. It's, uh, it's nothing we're talking about, as the fellow would say. Ah. I'm only on the crutch two and a half ah. weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you told me the other day you're heading off uh, for a few days to Lords. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to Lords. Excited. Um. Yeah, happy to go because we're going with the family. It's very nice. Um. For about five days, please God. And it's something that I love doing. So well, I haven't been doing. It. I haven't done it for a while. To be honest. But something I'm looking forward to. When's the last time you went to Lourdes? Um, Lourdes, um, 2009. Remember I said in my last podcast we 2009? went to... 2009? How long is that? That's, yeah. a, that's a long old time. 2009 now is 13 years. Since you've been to Lourdes and you're going next week. I'm going next week, yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go next year again. Yeah. And hopefully, please God, if I can do it all, I'll go twice, please God. Wow. Because it's something I love to do. And plus the family love doing it also. But, as I said probably wonder why we love it and not go on the last 13 years. Um, basically, we used to go, I've been in Lourdes now, the first time I went to Lourdes was in 30, almost 30 years, 2000, sorry, 1993 would have been the first time. Only so about, you were like 21. Only a couple of years married, yeah, a young lad. Um, went over there and then we went back in 1996 again. Then we went over in 2000 again. I went over in 2009. Now, in between all of that, we would have went to a lot of places like, say, what you call it, religious grounds and places like that, you know what I mean? Happy days. So, uh, areas. tonight, let's uh, let's open it up. Let's talk about loads of random stuff. Uh, yeah. Feel free to ask me any questions because I know, uh, like, I've asked you loads of stuff over the last, you know, seven podcasts about you, about traveller uh, culture, about your life, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So feel free to uh, dig into me, into the settled fella, into the country fella. The country man. Because, uh, you know, you'd be, you'd be slagging me a lot and, you know, ripping into me a lot. But I also think that you're interested in the way I think and the way I talk and the way I see the world. Yeah, it's more than about... Probably more about the way I'm slagging you is probably more about the way you look. You have that funny face about you. It's like yeah, one of them. It's like one the, of them faces. It's like the emojis on the on the on the WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> Say that again. It's like one of the emoji faces on the WhatsApp. <laughs> Just round and smiley. Yeah. <laughs> you know we have a lot of sad ones there as well. So I was talking about the sad one. <laughs> yeah, Dean. I can't think of much to ask you about. Um, say cultural wise. Yeah. If I was actually about your culture, like, I guess the whole world knows about your culture because you're a country miner, like you're a settled person. 
And we have that in all parts of the world, haven't we? I know we have travellers all parts of the world also, but we're not going to talk about travellers tonight, right? Yeah. Because my head is just wrecked, completely wrecked, talking about <laughs> travellers, 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 yeah. No, it's actually interesting sometimes. But, um, yeah, um, in a countryman's world, basically, how would you be looked upon from, say, right, say, would you call yourself a yuppie or a poor man or a working class man or what are you? Uh, I'm definitely not a yuppie. I'm, um, I'd be more like... Although you try to be, yeah? I'm very much working class. You can hear it in the accent. You know what I mean? Yeah, we know. There's no yeah, I've had a lot of experiences. I've travelled the world. I've been to loads of countries. I've been all across Africa. I've been all across Europe. Yeah. Um, I've been to Australia. So uh, I've been to America. I've seen the world. Um, so culturally across, uh, across the world, I would probably be seen as, you know, um, white European... Uh, educated Wow um, Yeah that's That's kind of it Dean like, Scurry Educated From uh, Ballymun Hopefully That's good um, So that's kind of In in a Dublin context I'm a Northsider uh, I'm from Ballymun So I'm definitely Working class um, That's how I'd be seen In a, like an Irish Or a Dublin right. context So basically Do you feel um, Do you feel comfortable In your own country Let's put it that way Absolutely I love Ireland I absolutely adore it It's in me heart And I think Ireland is a is a special country, as in, uh, you know, people say they love their own country, but I think that Ireland is something special. I think Ireland is in a special place in Europe. We're all, all the way out on the edge. We have a different way of looking at the world. Uh, we're known for our kind of friendliness and our crack around the world. Yeah, Ireland has a good reputation for that. And I think that I'm in, like, I would definitely at their certain stages be in love with Ireland. And I know when I go to certain parts of Ireland, like the west of Ireland, some of the islands, my heart opens right up and I can just get a real connection with the country and with nature. Very good. So tell me something. If you couldn't get no work in Ireland, what would you do? Would you emigrate? If I couldn't get any work, well, I remember, um, like, I started work uh, probably not as early as you. I think you were 12 when you left school. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I left, I, I went to college and all that type of stuff, but I've been working since... I was like a young fella since I was 10, 11, 12, probably hard working at 14. Um, I remember my dad teaching me how to drive his car at like 14, 15, driving to work. Yes. Um, but we were also, uh, to use a Dublin phrase, we were also on our arse. We were also broke at times. And I remember one time we were all in the Dole office down in uh, in town. Yeah. Me, me dad and me two brothers, me three brothers. Three of us standing there in, in a so Dole was that queue. was that year it was in the film, the family, the Irish film? That was all us, the yeah, yeah. The... <laughs> So there was times when there wasn't work and uh, we kind of, there's not a lot you can do in a country when there's no work mm. Um you, you know yeah, what I mean? It's I kind think, of very. Uh, it's, it's poverty and 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 having no work is kind of very depressing. There's nothing glamorous about it. Was it depressing or was it embarrassing? Well, I don't think it was embarrassing because at the time everyone was in the same boat situation. Yes. So nobody was different. So you couldn't. There was no comparison. All going. I oh, see that family there. They're going off on a two week holiday to Spain, or they're yes. all, all to get new clothes. None of us had nothing. So. We were all equal, which was great. So basically everyone was leaning on everybody's shoulders at that end. Yeah, and look, like, if you needed something, you know, you know the old stories, if you you know, if you know, needed something, you knocked in next door. And I think uh, we, we're not too far going back to that, like, 
which I think is going to be really interesting for this so country. So you were, you were like slightly on the poverty line, as you call it. Oh, we were definitely living in poverty at times. Yeah. And there was like peaks and troughs. There was moments when we were really, really low. But there was also moments then when me dad might have got a couple of jobs in and, and we'd have a few quid and we'd be, able to, we'd be able to afford a holiday or, you know, fill the fridge for a couple of months in a row. Yes, yes, and, yes. And, and that, that just shows that, we, you know, we are working class people and that those are the things that we that we remember as kind of when we had a few quid, when we were flush, a little bit of excess. They were the highlights when we could afford to go on a full family holiday for a week, the Blackpool. Mm. We knew that there was a couple of quid in the bank there that we could save away, that yes. every penny wasn't spent on getting grub in or, or you know putting heating in the house or putting clothes on, on the kids' backs. Basically struggling and striving like. Yeah, yeah. So there was times when we did struggle and strive, and uh, but there was also times when we thrived when we tried as a community, when we tried as a family. Yes. Um, so if I couldn't get work in this country, one, I would think if somebody like me with the experience, skills and talents and resources that I have, if I can't wow, get Wow, there goes Dean eating all the sugar lumps again. I have no problem being confident. If if uh, if someone like me can't get work in this country, we're in, a, we're in a shit show. We're in a dire situation. Right, the question was, if you couldn't get... You love your country, don't you? Yeah, yeah. If you couldn't get work in Ireland... Would you stick it out or would you, would, you, would you head abroad somewhere to find work? Or is that a difficult question? Is? No, it's not a difficult question. I remember when I was, um, you know, at certain points in my life, you know, 20, 30, 40, and, it, you know, um, the opportunity or the situation in the country would, uh, people would be leaving. And I'd look around and go, well, you know what, I'm going to stay. I, I like my country. I think I can chance my arm at a few things. Um, if I need to go on the dole I'll go on the dole but I can probably scrape along and get a few bits and bobs but bearing in mind that I would have access to um, social welfare and social housing yes. you know what I mean if you have social welfare and you have social housing you can kind of get along yeah, on the you dole manage, yeah. you know your bill your bill for your rent might be maximum 100 quid um, a week right so I was never in a situation, for example, if I had a big mortgage and I lost a job and I was on my arse and I had to get out of the country. You know what I mean? I had to just throw all my cards on the table and leave the country. I've had loads of mates who had to do that over the last 30, 40 years. What do you mean? Give up their jobs? Give up their jobs. Because they, were, they went to lower pay, is it? They, they would have lost their, lead, job lost their jobs. Or, jobs yeah. know, this this kind of happened, say, 15 years ago in this country. Um, right, can I go back to for one second, please? Yeah, yeah. The, you're saying you had loads of mates yeah. that lost their jobs yeah. and had to leave the country. Yeah. Right. Why did they have to leave the country? I'm going to explain why they had to leave the country. So, just in this this time around in the last kind of financial crash globally, yeah, uh, you would have had lads who were in jobs and they would have having, uh, been in relationships and they would have gotten mortgages and houses. So, they would have having a bill of, say, eight 900 quid a month and, uh, you know, they'd have jobs, maybe 40 grand a year jobs. Mm -hmm. And then the whole uh, financial crash thing happened. All the money fell out of, of this country and other countries like Greece and Spain and so yeah, on. That's right. And there wasn't any money for them to pay any of their bills or any of their mortgages. And they'd probably have young kids as well. You know what I mean? One or two young kids. Yeah. No money coming in. No prospects. Maybe a life or a couple of maybe five or ten years on the dole or in really low paid lo uh, jobs. And the option would be stay here and, you know, um, bring your family up in that environment or go to Canada. 
I'll go to Australia, I'll go to America, mm. I'll go to Germany, go to Berlin. Basically, these were the, these that had skills, like. And it was at one point, like, and this wasn't long ago, where I'm not sure what the number is, but it was something like 50,000 people leaving Ireland. What would be the biggest priority? What, and I want to say the biggest priority. What would be the biggest reason why people would actually want to leave Ireland just because their jobs, like, right, fair enough, I understand not being thick about this. Yeah. That they lose their job, they're sort of at this broke or down now, whatever it might be. But would would what would be the main reason? Would it be just to support a family, or would it just because they wouldn't be able to pay a mortgage and have a good car and have the luxuries that they desired? I think uh, job prospects, options, and opportunities. I think that they would be the things that people are looking around, going, you know, I've only got one chance with this family that I'm, you know, that I'm developing that I'm growing here. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I want to put. I want to give these kids the best opportunity you know, maybe some of the opportunities that I didn't have to excel in sport or excel in, in their education in college. I'm not going to get that in this country in the next 10 years. And by the time I, it does come around, my kids are going to be in their early 20s. You know what I mean? So the oh. next 10 years is really, really important for my family. Yes. And the, the prospects, options and opportunities are just not there in this country. And they're not there often enough and that it's not reliable enough. And I'm seeing people in Australia, who are my age, who, with my experience and my skills, earning three times the wage and being respected, being able to afford a mortgage, being able to afford uh, to send their kids to college. Just not getting that in Ireland, I'm going to head off. So is it, is, it, is it the education for the kids or, the say, the good lifestyle if you want for the kids when they grow up? Uh, obviously trying to make st stuff easier for them, yeah? But, or is it the mortgage that's important? Which one is important? Um, oh, look, I know without the, without the kids, I can't genuinely answer that for myself. But yeah, well, I think like there's always been a thing in Ireland, you know, own your own home. And thirty years ago, you could probably get a home. Uh, what was I, I? I was just gone twenty when I bought my first home, and it was like seventy grand. You you did. Yeah yeah yeah. Right. So I was in a relationship was, with a girl, and we and why, we bought a home. It was like seventy grand. Why was it so important you to buy a house at twenty or twenty years of age? Um, because there was houses being built and the whole conversation, you know, in Irish society was get on the property ladder, buy our first home. Yeah, but what, what was the main reason for that? Why are people so anxious to actually want to own their own home? And I think it's a bit of security. And it doesn't come cheap. I think it's a bit of security. And 40 years ago, you could buy a, a house in Dublin for 30 grand, which wasn't an awful lot of money. It was only... Like, somebody's wage could have been, like, 25, 30 grand a year. A year? Yeah. So it was only their, their wage. Now the, the difference is that a house is, like, six, seven, eight times your wage. That's right, yeah. So back then, it was accessible. It was probably cheaper than renting, um, which it, uh, it actually right, is. To buy a house. To, yeah, you know what I mean? To, to pay a mortgage off um, at, like, 600 quid a month, 700 quid a month, uh you owned the asset or you owned the house after 20 years. So it was something that you had, that you owned, that you could hand back to your children. Um, or you could you, you could go to the bank manager and go, you know what, I'm going to open up a small business. And um, he'll say, well, what do you have as collateral? And you go, well, I, I own a 70,000 euro house there. And you'd be able to build on that. And it was about building on something. Uh, and I think culturally in Ireland, because of, 
our history, and especially our history with England, our history with famine and so on, we've been kind of, we've, we've owned nothing. We've, we were totally uh, insecure with no assets. Yeah. And I think culturally over the last 100 years, the, the idea of owning your own home was interesting to people to go, I could actually own something here and nobody could put me out. Yeah. Well, that's one good reason for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about the idea of people, um, say, for instance, right, that'd be maybe a basic house, yeah? Yeah. What about somebody wanting, like, to own a good house, not having the money for it, having to pay um, maybe a mortgage for 25 or 30 years? Is that not taking up their life completely, paying a mortgage? Absolutely, yeah. Like, a mortgage can take up your life. And then if you put two kids on top of that and their college expenses or their education expenses, yeah. you know, let's say we're talking about a middle class life. Yeah. You've probably got two cars that are like, whatever, 50 grand each. You've got probably, this is modern Ireland now. This is like 2022. Yes. Yeah. You've got a house that's probably 400,000 euros. Yes. Um, you've got a, an education in college for maybe two or three kids which could be, you know, the price of college in this country is going up and up and up. It's nothing like America. Like in America, it could be 60 grand per year per kid. In here, you might get three kids through college for 60 grand a year. Like 60 grand a year is a serious amount of money. Right. I'm talking about the top colleges. If, if you're going for that, you know, if you're going for that, uh, you know, upper middle class lifestyle in Ireland. So if you put a couple of kids through college. Yeah. It could cost a sixty grand a piece for them. No, oh. sixty grand for the three of them. Saying this. Country. Oh, for the three of them. Yeah. Why is it, why why is college so expensive? Well, it used to be free, and actually, I remember the first time I went to college, they paid me to go to college. It was free, and they paid me. Right. You got a grant to go to college. They get they they paid you to go. Now you have to pay to go. You have to pay for the privilege. Right. So the whole system of college has changed. Right. Uh, not just in Ireland, but so you know, does all that does that ring a bell? Then it does. If the government was concerned about having um, people having an education, say in Ireland, for instance, just say Ireland. Right. I know it's all over the world now at this stage. Yeah. Um. Do you not think that they could say, look, let's get the, let's get people into college. Because at the end of the day, we're building up our own country here and it's only an education that's going to keep our country alive. Yes, so that's the way we used to do it in Ireland. You know, yeah. we really pride ourselves on having a really high level of college graduate or, you know, an education level in our schools and in our colleges and so on. Yes. That has changed over the last 15 to 20 years. Why do you think it has changed? Uh, for loads of different reasons. One is that the old jobs that used to be there are becoming less and less. Most of the, the big jobs are in, like, uh, computer technology and pharmaceuticals and so on. Right. Um, and also that they've, they've learned you know, from from uh, big industries and so on, that if um, you can get cheaper, you can get cheaper workers with the same education from different countries, from India, for example. Right. You know what I mean? So the college degree that you had in this country that was very valuable maybe 10, 15 years ago isn't valuable anymore. All right. It's, it's not worth anything. Um you Which know, yeah, is still expensive. But it's 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 expensive. Where where before you used to be able to get it for free and it was worth something, now it's very expensive but not worth anything. So it's the hundred percent opposite. And it's kind of the so same way I, that housing has gone in this country. Yeah. So are we saying now that um the people that go to college, obviously as I said again, it is an expensive thing for them, right? 
are they using the, are they using their education in Ireland or are they bringing somewhere else then after that? So now what what's happening is is that it's more attractive for them or it's more realistic for them to live to go somewhere else. Right. Um, and like that is a ridiculous thing for a country like Ireland to be doing to letting all those really well those really well educated people leave the country. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. But that's what we do. Well, it boils back to the one thing you said earlier on about. You love your country, and basically you have this big education. It's you're, you're, how many years is it going to college? Six years, is it? It depends on what you're doing. It's, say, a minimum three. Average is about four or five. Maximum, right. maybe somebody who's doing, you know, law or uh, or different a doctor, degrees, like. It's about ten years. Right. Now, so you, you put all that time into, into a college in your own country, and when you're finished all these degrees, you realise, look, it's what I do all this for. There's nothing here for me. Yeah. So you have to go whether you like it or not if you want to be somebody in life based. Yeah, you can get a really good education system here. It's not it's not extremely expensive, but then when people get it, they live. Now, the other thing as well. Do you know the colleges, yeah? Do they bring people, uh, like teachers, from other countries into the colleges in, in Ireland to, to actually educate the people of Ireland? Like, there are teachers from other countries, but, the, like, the wages here... One of the reasons other uh, teachers wouldn't come here is because... They probably don't pay good enough wages. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Yes. So they're not paying. They're not paying really good wages. Where if you go to a college in America and you're a professor, yes. you get treated amazingly. You get everything sorted out. You get huge um, benefits. Those benefits aren't here in this country. So they'll get uh, just like in the hospitals, they'll get nurses and doctors from developing countries, oh, right. and they'll pay them. Rather than, paying, rather than paying um, the doctors and nurses or the teachers, professors, blah, 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 here really well, they'll, they'll treat them like rubbish. They'll try and uh, remove all of their benefits. The Irish, the Irish... Uh, the Irish system, yeah. The Irish guys, yeah. The Irish, say, call them teachers, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll try and remove all their benefits. Right. Um, and, and and this is across the board. This isn't just with, say, people in colleges or schools or hospitals. This yeah. is kind of across the board. This is what happens in this country. So in all works of life, basically. In all works of life, for all works, kind of, all those, of life. those kind of civil jobs, you know, where you yes. have teachers, fire brigades, guards, for example. Like, yeah. guards in this country, right, yeah. are... Nearly on the poverty line. Yeah? Yeah. Fire brigade, ambulance drivers, all these jobs that we realised during COVID that we can't do without. That's right. Are living not far off the poverty line. There's just no, there's no chance. Let's say you had a young nurse and a young guard and they got together and, uh, you know, they're on their wages. There is zero chance of them getting on the property ladder in this country. Serious? So it's just not going to happen then that's where we are. Why is it not going to happen if both of them has jobs? Because the the rules about how to get a mortgage and the price of mortgages just make it impossible. So the rule is, um, if the two of you are together and you can multiply your wages by three, I think it's like three, and that's the price of the mortgage that you can get. Yeah. So let's say you're on 35 grand a year and she's on 35 grand a year. That's 70,000 euro. That multiplied by three is just over 200,000 euro, yeah? Right. You won't buy a house in this country for less than 300,000. Yeah, that's right, I know. So, it's, it, so that's two people who are servicing their own country, providing yeah. an amazing service, a nurse, a doctor, 
um, a fire brigade, a, a guard who loved our country. You know what I mean? Who who sing the national anthem and who follow the team and who kids go to you know gar and you know are learning the Irish language, but they so, cannot get a decent wage and buy a buy a house in their own country. But is that like um, is that like a government law? Is it like a government law? I know the rules, but who sets the rules on that on that department? Uh, those rules about mortgages, I think, are set by the central bank. So here's what happened. In in 2008, there was a global banking crisis. The central bank and all the other banks, like the Bank of Ireland and Anglo-Irish Bank, were all found out to be involved in, a, uh, you know, in illegal practices. Yeah? Right. The Irish people were, were told that we're bailing all those banks out. And then the central bank changed the rules about how we can apply for loans for houses. Yeah. So before that... Before that, what happened was, if you were applying for a mortgage, you could get a 100% loan, a 100% mortgage from a bank. And you could actually get more. So that means if you were applying, if you were buying a house for 200000 you could actually get a loan of 210000 220000 230000 To spend a few hours on the house. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And them doing that, but not... Uh, and, th- and then they were also giving out mortgages to people who they kind of knew were never going to be able to pay them back. And he'd done that for a number of years, for about 10 or 15 years. And then that and some other things caused the, the, the banking crisis in Ireland and around the world. So the country collapsed, went into recession. Right. But uh, why would they want to do this, though? Why would banks want to hand money out knowing they're not getting it back? If we're going to go into, why, if we're going to go into why banks do what they do and what banks are about, no, I don't want to that's, a that whole, that's a whole episode in itself. No, I understand that. I don't want to go that far anyway. Because they're greedy. Right. Um, the other thing I was saying about... The mortgage thing, yeah? Why, I know this is, is a sort of a silly question because I know, I know not everyone would agree with this question, right? Why would a person want to be, um, say, as you might say, on the breadline, uh, have a normal average job, watch this, not this big great job where they're going to afford everything bang on, yeah? And want to be struggling, say, trying to live for starters, and also bigger struggle trying to pay a mortgage for 30 years or whatever length it takes, yeah? Just to say, look, I own my own house. You don't really own your own house, do you? Uh, no, you own... What you own is the debt. That's right, yeah. That's what you own. You own the debt. You don't own the asset. The bank owns the asset. You own the debt. So and you're is paying that not, off, You're paying off the debt. Is that not a worry or a pressure for a lot, a lot of people? Absolutely. Like, now, some people might have it easy, I know that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think everybody has it easy. No, no, no. So no. is that not a pressure? You're thinking 30 years down the line, I'll own this house. It is a huge but then pressure. T- then 25 years down the line, I might have to re- remortgage it for one reason or another. Yeah. If, so if, I'm if, at if another five or ten well, years. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you don't know them things, you see. You don't know them. Like you said, kids grow up, they want to go to college. Somebody gets really sick. To turn to you for, God forbid, to turn to you for money, yeah? Yeah. And you say, right, the only way to do this, I don't have the money, but I'm going to remortgage my house. Yeah. And people have done that, haven't they? It's very common, yeah. Yeah? yeah for all different kinds of things, I'm going to set up a business, somebody got sick, somebody passed away, you lost your job, uh, all these types of things. Is it not a bit um, a bit easier, like, say, is life not a little bit easier for to say, look, at, I have a job here, it's a good job, it's, going to, it's just about going to keep myself going and keep my family happy. And look, at, I'm going to settle into a house and I don't mind paying a few bob rent every week. Just to say that I don't own the house, I don't want the house because I don't need them pressures. And that's the way we were going in this country. But the problem is there was no regulation in terms of how much 
uh, your rent would increase the next year. Now the rent is very high. I know it's on certain Yeah, and it's, it's, it's high because landlords were allowed to put up the rent whatever they wanted to. That's right, yeah. So you could go in and you go, right, your, your rent... Um, three-bedroom house in Santry in Dublin. Right, okay, that's 800 quid a month. And then you go back at the end of the year and they go, well, that's now a 1,000 quid. And then the following year, well, that's now 1,200. And this is the way it was going. And they were allowed to do it. And they were allowed to do and it. And no one to tell them, no, you can't do this. No. Um, there was no regulation, really. Right. There was no ceiling. There was no maximum. They could put up the rent whatever percentage they wanted. Now, since then, they have bringing in different rent controls and they said your your rent can't go up more than 4% a year. Is that good or bad? Well, at least you will know that next year if my rent is £1,000 uh, euro, that it can only go up by 4%. So what's 4% of 100 is 4. 4% of 1,000 is 40. 40. You know what I mean? So they can sort of manage, they can accept that. So like. it'll go up to maybe £1,100. They're not waiting for the knock on the door with the, with the landlord saying to you, look, your, your rent's gone up by 300 now. Exactly. So where are you going to find 300 quid if you're doing child care, if you're doing tax and insurance on the cars, yeah. if you've booked that little holiday over in, uh, you know, the north of Spain or something like that with your family, if the kid is coming into college, if you've got your insurance for the car coming in and your wife has to get her teeth done, and you know what I mean? Mm. You have to pay your VHI health insurance and all this. You want to be looking at your books going, I think we'll be all right next year you don't want to be surviving week by week by week yeah. and that's basically where everybody is not just week by week almost day by day people in this country are looking at the money coming in and the money going out going this isn't going to work did that not happen there where um, basically back in the time of the recession yeah when a lot a lot a lot of people thought they were actually better off on the dole it was easier for them absolutely this, like, when I say we, easier, we live in the community easier. here and uh, you, you know what I mean the unemployment rate in this community, I think at its highest, was like 26%. But the whole country was heading that way. People were, you know, on the radios and in the newspapers going, it's actually cheaper for us to be on the dole. It was, yes. With the cost of living in this country. And that was a couple of years ago. And now the cost of living has doubled, uh, tripled. And, you know, towards the end of this year, uh, the big story in the news is November, December, January, February. It's going to be recession. It's going to, it's, it's not, it's going beyond recession. Yeah. You know what I mean? Recession is, is a certain thing, is a certain description of how the economy is uh, working in, in a country. Uh, we're going beyond recession or depression. We're going into, back into the dark ages, back into the worst days of the 80s. In well, they don't country. want to be putting people's nerves going down and having them thinking like that, do you know what I mean? Well, if, uh, if it happens, nothing they can do about it. it well, there is something they can do about it. Is that for us to announce there now, is, no? But there is... Pre- oh, it's not me. This is all over the all over the news. Is it, yeah. Sure, you keep on sending me articles all the time from different newspapers going, this is happening <laughs> and that's happening. So you're frightened about that, Dean, are you? I'm not frightened at all, no. <laughs> no, I, I know a lot of travellers. I'm very resourceful. I did hear one or two things about... Uh, about a recession on the way, but there's one good thing about the recession. Yeah. It won't affect the poor because now why? <laughs> yeah, we, we're the there already. We're going to be treated the same way anyway. It makes a difference. The ups and downs on it the roller coaster doesn't really affect the poor too much because no, we're there. Uh, that's right. We're, we're, we're on the affect, bottom already. It'll affect the men with the suits and the ties and, uh, and the helicopters and the tools and the, and the cocaine habits. Yeah, and, uh, and they're, um, like, say, for instance, they're on whatever, five or six hundred thousand a year. And they're crying about maybe 50,000 getting cut off their wages. 
or 40,000 or whatever amount it is. Yeah. But yet, poor people have to live on maybe 20, 30 or 40,000 through the whole year and that's including paying every bill that, yeah. that, that comes I'm getting way. a bonus of 50 grand yeah. a year. I'm not so even that's, earning that's 50 grand a the, year. That's the beauty of it for, for myself and the poor people like us. Yeah, it, it creates is a level playing field very uh, quickly. It won't affect us because we're used to... Uh, we're used to a struggle, let's put it that way. Yeah, I think we live in struggle and yeah. we thrive in struggle sometimes. So God help them poor them. God, <laughs> God, help them. God bless them. No, God poor help fellas. them poor rich guys. <laughs> the poor rich guys. Huh? Uh, I think it's going to be uh, really the interesting. It will affect and has affected. Like, uh, they're, they're, like Not that they'll ever be poor anyway, no matter how much they're affected. No. But it's just that they can't handle it. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. You know what I mean? That when the, when the knock does come, yes. it's probably only be one tenth of their assets that they miss out on yeah but, sure, that, but that knocks the, the shit out of them look at all the look at all the fights and disputes there for the last not now but go back say when the recession was there yeah and all these highly paid um, say news readers or say them programs say talk shows and all that sort all of all the stuff. hosts the hosts on the radio on the TV you name it like the, uh, the, they the, were, the, uh, the they were uh, the talk of the town as a fellow would say because who, who, who's, who's some of the names in this country? The the Ryan Tuberty, the big lads, the big with the money, the big uh, one. Yeah, who was your man who used to do the late late show as well? Pat Kenny, used to Pat do Kenny, it. all these lads. Yeah, uh, the other fella. But it wasn't just them. It was loads of radio. Ryan, radio what's his, what was his name? Um, they were they were fighting about um. There was always a dispute about the RTE channels and uh, whoever was paying them, the BBCs or whoever was controlling them. Yeah, the money that they were getting. And every single day there was something on about. Uh, such a one is in dispute about their, their they won't want to take uh, a cut on their wages basically. Yeah. Um. They could be on like at the time. Just they could be on eight or nine hundred thousand a year, and they, maybe, they might be asked to to take uh what do you call it a forty percent cut. Whatever. We'll just say maybe a fifty thousand cut. Yeah. Yeah. Which was nothing to the money they were getting. Yeah. And they were moaning and groaning and, and fighting about. And at the end of the day, all they were doing was talking. The only the, the only uh, host on a talk show. They were they weren't putting gold on people's plates and then and send them home with it. They were they were only uh, on a TV show on the other side, whether it be radio or TV. It was still only talk. Those people are really those people day, are really important. And at this the country. end, of, yeah, they are important. They make them important. And at the end of the day, it was the public that was keeping them in them seats. So we love those people in this country. We love the Gayborns and the Pat Kennys and the the Miriams and all these types of people. And yeah, and and. and uh, who's your who's your the, the Joe Duffy and all do that? You love them, Dean. You do. Uh, no, not really. But I don't have. A, I don't. Have, I haven't got the biggest interest in the world now. I'm more concerned. They're with on people, some game, aren't they? I'm more concerned with people living in poverty and hunger. That's what I'm more concerned. They're on about. some game, right? We're back anyway. Who we were a while ago, yeah. Yeah. About all these people, right? Obviously, they're going to put the hand out if it's, if it's put into their into their hands, right? But the thing about it was, what I couldn't understand was, they were living the life of luxury, yeah. Uh, it was poor people at home that was keeping their uh, they're keeping their shows alive because if they didn't if they didn't have viewers then they were no go to the RTE studios That's what or I'm the saying. BBC we love them. We studios keep them in there. yeah but yet they were crying about taking cuts on their pays <laughs> it's like footballers when it, when falling it, over on the pitch and crying about getting and there were literally there was literally more talk about them and more uh, more let's say conversation more news televised whatever you want to call it yeah about them. Than the what it actually was about the poor people suffering in Ireland. But nobody cares about the poor people. What are you but talking this, about? This is the point I'm trying to make. That's where it all it overshadowed all the 
it overshadowed all the hardship. But that's the point of that having those going people. on in Ireland. That's the point. It's like the point in having these football celebrities. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who are on a million quid a year. It's one of the reasons I stopped watching football when I was about 14. Because I realised me dad, who was my superhero, was on uh, in one year what these lads were making in a week. Yeah, that's right. But we, we're the stupid working class people who put these people on these pedestals, paid them the big money. Uh, and listen to them giving out about uh, I might have been tripped up on a football pitch or uh, you know I couldn't build a wall outside my big posh house in Dalky yeah, and we give them uh, front page news basically made them feel important we'd yeah, ones, the public, we're the, the ones doing that feel important, so right. we're the fools here yeah. uh, and I think it's great I think it's genius I think uh, you know we blame them for that but actually we're the ones who are keeping them in the role yeah that's right uh, and like we're going, I'm going to go back to Ireland. I love Ireland, but there's a bit of Ireland that needs to cop on and wake up a little bit. Yeah, another funny thing about it all, right? Well, most of it anyway. It's only a, it's only a talk show. You don't have to be a, a super genius like uh, or uh, what do you call it? Oh, there's fun, there's a few words. There's there no intelligence it. required. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's only a chat because at the end of the day, even if you're talking to somebody, for instance, right, right, you have um. Just say a talk show there, right? And the host is whatever, whoever they are. Not gonna be naming them anyway. But look, there's always somebody there, and they can bring actually anybody onto that show. And the person they can bring onto that show sometimes might have a clue what they're talking about. They don't have to be educated. Don't have to be intelligent, because the conversation is going to come out anyway. So why would we get paid so much serious money just to have a chat? Did you watch any of these shows? I don't watch them. Uh, I want to say I don't watch them. I've come across them. Yes, I know they're there. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. I often did watch them when um, when I think there might be something interesting coming on. And how know how they advertise them and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, if there's something... So the number one show in this country for years yeah. was one of them shows, The Late Late Show. Yeah, The Late Late Show. i tell you how, when I used to like The Late Late Show. And all it was was Gay Bourne or Pat Kenny or Ryan Tuberty having a chin wag with somebody or a couple of I people. I used to like the Late Late Show when um, when Gay Byrne used to be on it. He had a bit of charisma. Yeah, I have to give it up to him. He was a great entertainer. Yeah, he had a bit he of charisma. He wasn't just a charter. He was a great entertainer. Now, we were paying him mega bucks for the privilege. Yeah. He was living up in a big swanky house where, you know, wherever in Up and Hout uh, while you were living. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get real here for a second. In the dumps. While you were living in a car park in Ballymun. That's right. He was living up in a swanky house up in Hout. Now, they, they, they say don't talk ill of the dead and I'm not talking ill of them, but I'm no, talk, I wouldn't. What, what I'm saying is is that, that that's what we do in this country. We pay these people's but, um, massive, luxurious, lavish lifestyles right. while we live in the dumps. Yeah, but what I was saying was, apart from Gay Byrne, right? As you said, the man is dead now. God rest him, right? The thing about it was... They're not. They're not going to say these people that's doing these talk shows are not going to say no to whatever money they're offered, but they do say no and they cry and they grumble about it when they're asked to uh, say, for instance, take a pay cut just to maybe help some other section or some other where or some other uh, area that needs helping. So here's an interesting. So they're question. not willing. They're actually not willing to take a pay cut. So here's an interesting. Knowing question. that they're still getting a serious amount of money every year. So you asked me at the start of this, you know. You know, what do we think about Ireland? Blah, blah, blah. What do you think that these people think about Ireland? Uh, I think what they think is that if they weren't getting, if they didn't have the right jobs that uh, that, uh, that they have or, that they, or they weren't getting the money that they were getting, 
they would turn their backs on Ireland like a light. They'd be gone in a second. They'd gone some other country. Bono used to get the slaggings over that, that if all his was, tax affairs were outside and you 2s tax affairs were outside. Yeah, but don't forget, Bono does some great stuff. Absolutely, great absolutely. Things. I don't know. But he know. still used to get stick that, you know, he turned his back on Ireland, that he didn't pay his tax here. Now, I don't know if that's uh, fair or true. No, he's but probably it, right if he did, because no why? Because at the end of the day, he's a man that works all over the world, not just in Ireland. He wasn't just... And he's also, he's also from a country where there's an awful lot yes, of greed and corruption. That's right. And you're putting, you're put, putting your taxes into what? Yes. Into, into brown, brown envelopes to and pay off people. So we all know Bono does, uh, does, does great work out there. With not just a singer. He uh, has concerns for people. I've never heard him crying about... I've never heard... I don't think I've ever seen him once on the news or on the papers crying about money or what wages he gets or what he doesn't get or who he gives it to. Uh, no, I've heard a lot of people crying about the money he gets and and and. You've heard a lot of people talking about him. Talking about him. Yeah, but remember I told you before we're living in a, uh, a world, uh, a country of begrudgers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. judges. That that's that's. So sure, me that and sure you are begrudging and judging these types of Ryan Tuberties. No, I'm not. Absolutely not. Well, you're saying that if, they, saying if you're saying if they they didn't get the wages, they'd be gone in a heartbeat. That's a hundred percent. They would. So is that not you begrudging? No, it's not begrudging. I'm gonna tell you why. You see, if you have a man there, right, it's on a basic wage. Watch this now. Say you're right, you're on the dole, for instance. And you have a man, say, he's next, just say he's your neighbour, if you want to put it that way. And he has a, a normal job. He's a decent man. And he has a family to look after. Yeah. He might have a nice car. He might be paying a mortgage on his house. He might have the basics in life. Why would you begrudge at him? You have to be happy for him. And also, if you if you can do the same thing, be happy for yourself. But you can't take that away from him just because you can't do it. But what I'm talking about is, if you're sitting on a chair and you have millions of people watching you every day from a screen, from the rooms, yeah? If all of them people turn their TVs off, you're out of a job. Yeah, yeah, For starters. Yeah. Now, the government or whoever is over is saying to the, to the TV companies, look it, you're paying the, these people uh, way too much money, more than they need, um, we'd like you to uh, do what the rest of the country is doing here. We'd like to ta- make a small cut on their wages so we can put it into a treasury box here and help out other parts of our country or other people in our country or other situations which is in more need of it. Then you talk about that person because why? Because they're scrounging and they're greedy and they're hungry. <laughs> because they have too much of it. Exactly. And they know if you're on a wage for 900000 a year... I'm talking way above my head over here, right? I'm talking money, money, money. It's stupid in a sense. But the point about it, what I'm trying to make is here, we have millionaires crying about their wages. The best way of saying it. We have poor people struggling, barely barely trying to manage from week to week. Yeah? But you don't hear them crying. All they do is get on with it. Those millionaires, they they don't love their country. What I'm saying is, all they do is get on with it and try their best and take from day to day and just live and take life as it is. You don't hear them grumbling and crying and shouting about this money and that money and this happened and that happened. They're rich folk, yes, you hear them at. A lot of them at it. Not every one of them, but a lot of them. And mainly the them talk shows, a lot of it. And, and it's point the to the talk shows. And yes. So therefore... But if we, if we were to ask Ryan Tuberty, Ryan, uh, do you love Ireland? You know, are you proud to be Irish? And do you think it's an amazing country? He talk for an hour about it. He go, oh, I love this and then yeah, that's you right. know, my heart is full of this. And you I know love why, the don't west you? of Ireland and you my know family why? his historical roots in Ireland and Do you know why? Go on. Because he gets paid to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what else? Is, uh, if you're getting paid to talk, you're gonna talk. Talk to the 
talk till the cows come home. Whether so you reckon if he goes P forty five tomorrow and he no, says we're not attacking Ryan Tuberty no, here not or him, anyone in particular that, like that you know role, I mean? that type of person in Ireland, you know the 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 Irish. TV celebrity, the RTE yes. celebrity. Yeah. Uh, there's loads of them. There's 10, 15 that we could manage. Yes, that's right. But the moral of the story was the greed part of it, where they weren't willing to take cuts on their pays, where other poor people, yeah, here, look at it, let's put it this way. People that had no work, there was no work in the country for anybody, whether you wanted to work or not. And you know, we have a big uh, unemployment margin, yeah? Right. But yet, the people who were unemployed, did take uh, big cuts on small wages, as we call it, uh, column wages to fund the dole, basically. Yeah. This includes travellers and settled people because it's a, it's, a, it's a majority, it's not a minority at this stage. So now you have um, poor people who are on the dole trying to manage from day to day again, as I said, but yet you didn't hear them moaning and groaning about, about, their, about their claims being cut down to a certain... Uh, I don't know, if you tune into Joe Duffy, you get an awful lot of people moaning. No, but yeah, but maybe they have no choice. Yeah, here, yeah, don't they, don't they have reason to mourn? Not that I tune into Joe. Duffy, no, but I it doesn't make a difference. I think it's, I think it's brutal. They do have reason to mourn. Like like there years ago, there was um, say a single person right could get um, say two hundred a week on the dollar. Let's say this right. Yeah. Now watch, that single person will have to pay whatever bills they had to pay through the week. Yeah, we're not going to go into big details about bills, right? But anyway, do you automatically cut that in half? Which was a hundred euros a week for any single person to try to survive on that, yeah? Which, believe me, wouldn't have been very, very easy, okay? Now you have a man in a, sitting on a, on, a, on, a, on a high chair with a big camera stuck in his face, the whole country looking in watching him, uh, we'll see what he's, what he's talking about tonight, yeah? He's on a, he's on a wage of about 900,000 a year, yeah? And yet he, 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 they, they, they want to cut him 2% and he nags about. So cut him 50%. Cut him fifty percent. Bring him right down to bring him down down to uh, what do you call it? Bring him to his normal senses. Why not? Yeah. Help somebody else out there. If it's never a person on the doll, yeah, always I... somebody. We have elderly people that needs help, and don't get me wrong. Elderly people were were cut their uh, their what do you call it? People that worked all their lives were cut money off of their pensions. Is that right? They didn't moan or groan about. They just said yes. If somebody else needs a bit of help, and if that can do some good for somebody else, why not go ahead and do it? Absolutely, because they knew they could still try to manage no matter how they manage. Do you know what I'm saying about that, yeah? Yeah, uh, I get it. So there's a few things going through my head. One is, Ireland is an amazing country, but we allow people get away with stuff. We allow greed. We're not sure what to do about it, because anytime we talk about it, we're called moaners and begrudgers and so on. We love our country, but sometimes we're forced to live the options and opportunities that you would imagine would be available in this country, the the country that we love, the country that we're all so um, proud of, we can't thrive in it. That's one of the most frustrating things, I think, about Ireland. It looks great from the outside. Uh, you know, the stories are amazing, the language, the, you know, the Celtic story, the the poetry, the playwrights, the, the myth, the romantic um, stories that are told about Ireland look great from the outside, but living here can be torture. And I love it. And it, it, it breaks your heart. You but, travel around this country and you want to cry looking at the landscapes. They're amazing. You know, they, they open up your heart. But there's so much uh, bullshit, greed and corruption 
and backhanders and brown brown envelopes that it's it, it just it'd turn you off Ireland. It would really yeah. turn you off Ireland. But uh, who who who's affected by the most? Um, would you say the kids of Ireland are affected by the most? Like we're talking about people, young people going to colleges. Yeah, they're affected because it's too expensive for them. Absolutely. Um, anybody, anybody who elderly, needs any kind of decent health care is affected. Are, the elderly are affected because uh, if they have an old pension, it's getting cut belonging to them. Obviously, the unemployed, as I said earlier on, it won't affect the poor people, but it won't affect them to a certain degree because we're used to it. That's the thing. Yeah, they're genuinely used to it. It will. It will affect most of all. It will affect the the guys with the bigger checks. What will the recession? Or recession if it, coming, if, it, yeah. if it ever comes in, yeah, our poor times, which which probably will, we don't know that yet. A recession is interesting because it creates a level playing field. Uh, those people who live in excess and that we throw um, money at just for mild entertainment on our yeah. screens once a week, we throw these these lavish amounts of money at. Um, if we go into a really bad recession, I think that hopefully that they'll get a wake up call as well. I don't think so. No? no. Do you think that do you think that they've so much um they've so they they've they've protected themselves so well that no matter what happens in this country they'll always be they'll always be in a comfortable position. Yeah, there's a there's a name for that in there where um I can't think of the name but honestly there's a there was a word for where they they sort of stack up the stack the stack up like um is it bonds or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is yeah. it, yeah. They'll ne- the the rich man will never go hungry. He might uh he might step down a few steps in the ladder. Bonds and shares and securities. Yeah, and he'll all never that. go hungry because the thing about it is, uh, the rich man um, say he's no pro- no problem, just uh, jumping on a plane and, and setting up camp in another country, and bringing all his money with him. You see, where the poor man doesn't doesn't have that uh, that choice or opportunity. So the, but the he stays man- he stays where he is. And he sticks through it. He go. He just plows through it. But loads of poor people emigrated. That's what emigration yeah. in this country. Yeah, we historically, that's what we've done. No, we em, poor, poor people emigrated for the reasons we talked about because they want to better their lives a little bit. So they're going out there to find work. So these people what have realised if I stay here, I'll have a better life. If I stay here, no. I could be a multi-millionaire. You have the poor man. Yeah, there's another way of looking at this. You have the poor man with the education. Yeah. Who says, look, I am going to move out. I want to say the poor man, what do you call it? a working class man, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to say, look, I will leave here because I know there's an opportunity out there for me and I'm going to take a chance on it. But you have the poor man as again, who's, let's say he's on social welfare, which we have, we have thousands and top of thousands of people on social welfare. And as I said, it's not just travellers, it's settled people also, right? But that poor man doesn't have opportunities. He doesn't have a choice. He no, his options, say, his options and opportunities are, are almost zero. Yes. So this is what I'm saying. He stays and he ploughs through it. Yeah. Till he gets out the other end at some stage. Where the, the rich man doesn't have to think about all of that. He doesn't have to think about it. So one way... All he has to think about is, uh, where's my next ticket? I'm out of here. So one way... I'm going to set, up, I'm gonna set up a business in another country. And that's what they do. So one way I look at that is, is that is that you have some people who are born with the wind at their back. Yes. Uh, and some people who are born with the wind in their face. Pushing them back, yeah. And that's just random, you know. Uh, like, you, nobody chooses where they're born or that's what they're true. born into. You know what I mean? So, if you're born in upper middle class Ireland in, say, Malahide, or you're born in uh, working class Finglas, that's just random. But I think that 
what happens is is that certain areas or certain groups of people have throughout their lives less or more opportunities and options. And what people who, like you said, say, say the educated working class man, what he's looking for is option, options and opportunities in his, in his life so the wind will be less in his face and more on his back. And that, that kind of balances out. And people do go off to Canada, America, Australia, and they thrive and they come back and they set up businesses here. Yes. Or they say, stay there and they buy two or three houses. And you hear great stories about that all the time. Yeah, but then fine. you also have people who are always, always, always going to be on the bottom of the ladder, underneath the ladder, on rung minus one on the ladder. Those people are the people who... We keep the likes of the RTE guys in business because we're watching the TV shows, listening to the radio and watching the football matches and, you know, keeping the rock stars in business because we don't have anything else. Because this mild form of entertainment is the only thing we have to keep us that's right. keep us going. Keep entertained. It's re- that's really, really interesting. Okay, the people right. who have least, the people who have least keep the people who have most in their positions. In their seat, that's right. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. So tell me something, though, right? If you were, uh, say you were on the dole, yeah? Right, straight away we're into a recession, right? Would you get up and leave Ireland? Um, now, the other thing I meant to ask was, you have no education, Yeah. but you're on the dole, you're used to hard times, and you say, look, at if I if I go to England and I go to wherever I want to go to, wherever I can go to, um, I'm going to still be on the doll. Would you leave Ireland? So you're asking me now... Like, no, I'm going to ask you three questions. That's yeah, one yeah. So you're asking me now at this age? No, no, no. I'm just saying at any age. At any age. Whether it make a difference or well, not. I would imagine what I would do is I would look at where's the place that I could get the best chance with, that has the most opportunities. I wouldn't go to a place that had the same level of opportunities or less. Right. I would go to the place that had the most so if you had, if you had, um, if you had an education... Yeah. And you run into a recession, and you loved Ireland, like you said, would you still leave it? I would have a look at around at the if opportunities. Work, if work around here was it was wasn't. If, if, if work if there was no work around here, would you leave Ireland? It would depend on whether or not I had. If I was on my own, I, you could probably survive easier here. But then you could also get up and go. But if you were here and you had a family and you were looking at your, looking in your kids' eyes and you were going. If I stay here, these kids have no chance. But I, I think you'd be gone. Okay. So if you were a rich man, yeah, and you had businesses up and running, and we run into a recession, and your business starts collapsing, that uh, that would destroy your, um, let's say, your company account, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Right? Would you get up and leave, or would you still stick around? I think if you're a businessman, you're looking all the times for where is the best place to make profit, where's the best opportunities and options so for me. So you would leave? I think, I think what most of them do is that they would, they would leave. Right. That, that's what, that's, that, that was what I was talking about, yeah. was the opportunities that different people have at different levels in life. Do you understand? So basically, who's most affected and who's not? So regardless, you're a rich man, you have loads of business up and running, yeah? Into recession and your business sort of slightly collapsing. It's not going to make you a poor man overnight, right? So it means you're still a rich man, but you have the opportunity to go into any country you want to set up that business again. And I think that that's, that's one of the differences. Somebody who is really well off, they're not limited by the, the borders of their own country. 
or they're not limited by the borders of their own community. They're limitless. They can go anywhere and do anything in the world. They can actually move from a, from one type of business to another, from one country to another, pick up another language. Let's go to China. Loads of Irish business people have done, done this. Let's go to China, learn Chinese in 12 months and then set up in China because we have the money to be able to do that, to be able to maintain a lifestyle at a certain level. Those options and opportunities are available to people who have access to the resources, to the money. Uh, if you've got wealthy friends and families in this in different countries, it's easier for you to go. If you've got an auntie who lives in Los Angeles, you know, and you're a poor working class fella in Ireland, you can go there. Uh, you can do that, but the you sort of get a foot in the door there, like yeah. But the mo- I think there's more oppor- there's more options and opportunities and potential for you to succeed the more access you have to wealthy uh, communities and wealthy networks of people. Yes. And then also you've got more kind of places that you can chance your arm or different fields that you can go into. Like in, in a working class um, community, you know, what have you got? You've got brickies, scaffolders, car mechanics. Yes. Um, you might have some firemen, those types of, that's, that's the, the, uh, the types of jobs in those communities. But if you go out then, you know, doctors, nurses, um, solicitors, barristers, you've got, I think you've got more access to a wider variety of, of job types that you can yeah. go to. Well, there's a difference in the, do- in the doctors, the barristers, the solicitors, especially doctors. Doctors play a very, very important role in people's lives. Um, and for them to have a, say, let's say, have a good job and get a high pay on it, I think they will deserve it. Being honest. To a point, like in this country, sometimes we get held to ransom by uh, consultants and really high-powered doctors. You know yes. what I mean? And and that they they realize that we can hold this government or this these people over a barrel here, and you know get ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, that that does happen as well. Yeah, but you got to give up to the doctors and uh, I said the nurses aren't they doing a great job? Uh, are they doing a very very? Um, I think yeah. there's a middle there's Tell a middle something. level in doctors and nurses if that do were, really really great work that are stretched beyond belief. I but there's an good. upper level of doctors and consultants and so on. Yeah, but no matter how who, we look at it, who point, doing a great who point job. blankly take the piss like? Right, but would you would you um, if you were if you were sitting on a seat yeah in front of uh, in front of a TV crew yeah. And people are all around, around the whole country is watching you on the television and you're just talking, 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 yeah? But you have a doctor in a, in, a, in certain hospitals and he's treating patients, he's looking after them, he's doing the best for them and whatever. Um, Where's the most important job there? Which of them two jobs is the most important? No, I understand that and we're on the same page. What I'm saying, even yeah. in the doctor's thing, there are consultants, for example, who are ripping the piss out of the system. You know what I mean? Just like... Just, but not every just, doctor. No, no, no. In the middle ranks, those people are working really, really hard and not getting paid really well, okay? But on the upper levels, in the management levels, in the consultancy levels, there's people up there doing next to little or nothing and getting paid huge amounts of money and huge bonuses. Just like in any of those industries, in the banking industry or in the tech industry. Uh, And a lot of those big positions are kind of family connections and handed down and brown envelopes and all yes, this type of stuff. Yes, yes. They're not really necessarily the hardest working or the most educated for the role. Just like those sweet jobs that you have in the RTE, those people are really, you know, what skills do they actually have other than Tough. they're connected into different families? And and we all realised 
everybody from the top all the way down to the bottom and back up that during in COVID or during a global pandemic or during a recession, the people at the bottom of the ladder are the most important. The fellas who take out the bins, the men and women who do their sewer systems, the fire brigade. So that for me, that's Ireland. Those They're people, important people though. Those people is Ireland. Those people are the people that I think we... That are we, keeping the country alive keeping and the country floats. running. That we cherish, but we the don't pay them. We pay them people 30, 40, 50 grand a year. Yeah. We pay the other people 30, 40, 50 grand a year bonuses. You know what I mean? The celebrities, the uh, the high paid management, the footballers, the rock stars, the high end politicians. Like some of the politicians in this country, some of the, the experts in like different departments and so on, they're on more money than, than presidents in other countries. Serious? Yeah. But the hard grafters are not even noticed. The hard grafters are watching football, listening to the radio, yes. watching the RTE, you know what this I mean? This is in and, their spare and, time, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but when and, they have and, their hard days work done. the nests of all these other people. The real hard grafters, the lads and the men and women who are commuting an hour and a half afloat. to work every morning, um, who are struggling to pay their rent, yes. um, who are working... 12, 13, 14 hour shifts, night after night after night. Fair play to them. They're the ones who... They're I, the real people, They're they? the real people, but they're being suckered into buying mild entertainment and watching the football on a Saturday. Yeah, well, apart because from the football... Because they don't have the time or the energy to do anything Apart about. from the football anyway, they're not even recognised, are they? No, we definitely don't recognise them. No, we gave them a clap. We all, we all put a candle in our window and clapped for 30 seconds during the global pandemic as a way of saying we'll clap for you but we won't give you a bonus yes. we won't pay you 120 grand a year yeah. not a hope we we won't increase your wages by two three five percent we'll cut them for you we'll cut them for you oh we'll cut your wages all day yeah you know we'll challenge we'll your them, we'll, we'll cut them four times a year we'll that? challenge your working conditions and we'll up your rent yeah no problem at all uh the rte lads their ratings are through the roof like nobody's watching you uh, nurse, uh, nurse Joanne in Bowmount Hospital. So Nobody gives no rats about you, you mad joke. Do you think if the government put more into the country, that they get more out of it, instead of taking more out of it? Okay, so some countries in the world that are held up as the best examples of how to do this are the Nordic countries, um, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, those types of countries. Those countries or those societies is where this money is constantly put back in. Your tax receipt, it shows you exactly where all your tax went to. You know what I mean? 5% went on the roads, 5% went into the hospitals, right. blah, blah, blah. It's uh, all outlined, basically. It's all outlined, it's all transparent, it's all really, really clear. This is exactly where your money is going to. We don't have that in this country. The money that we pay uh, goes no, into... No, we don't have the, it in this country because it's all pushed under the mat. Yeah, under the carpet, under the mat, into, into black holes into uh, huge projects that are, you know, never happen, or if they do happen, the price has gone up five, six, seven, I take seven, for, yeah, seven, that's, that's seven one thing times I wanted I mean. to say. Take, for instance, right, to have a budget every year, is that right, in, in Ireland, yeah? They, um, for instance, cigarettes. They put the price of cigarettes up. They put the price of fuel up, whether yeah. it be diesel, petrol, or gas, whatever. Uh, they rise the price of electricity, yeah? So to do all these things in a small margin, but it means a lot in the end, yeah. And then they tell you then, all right, we're putting, um, we're throwing, we're putting, we're rising this thing so much, whether it be uh, supposed to be good for you, like if you know what I mean. 
say working class people, uh, they get a fiver a week extra on their wage, <laughs> or very, very small, right? But they take it back on about, if they give something, they're actually not giving nothing in the first place because they're taking it back of about 20 different things. Yeah, so it's, it's all it's all song and dance, it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. They're taking it back on about 20 different things throughout the region. So basically, we're not giving here, we're actually taking here. Yeah, but you're too dumb and distracted and, and, yes. and knackered, tired. Yeah, you don't uh, give a damn from, anyway. From working 14 hour shifts yeah. to even be able to complain, never mind realise that's right. That we're, we're putting 2 euro in your front pocket, but taking 10 we're euro taking 10 away in your back, back pocket. 100%. And that's exactly how it is. And that's so how welcome to Ireland. That's how welcome it's to, has Welcome been. to the country that we love, that we don't want to live, that we want to fight for, that, that's in our hearts, that's in our blood, that we sing for. But they keep taking from the people. They don't give. They keep taking, taking, taking. What are you giving out about? Well, it's not about the giving out part. It's about look. It's not. It's not giving the people a chance to live. So what? It's not trying to. It's not. Um, Martin. Martin. So what? What are you? What are you talking about? The, what I'm trying to talk about here is that they're not. Um, they're not giving the country a chance to develop. So what? I'm going to come back to this. I know, I understand. I don't care. I know that's the sort of what that's into it. Is so don't what's it got to do with you, me or them? They're making a mint. That's right. They're getting away with this. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Get back in your box. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do, how much you protest. You don't even vote. You've no education. <gasps> we don't even recognise who you are. We've got big walls around our house. The cocaine is better. Uh, we'll slag you off for all the, the drugs that you take. Our holidays are better. We only live near you in order to point the finger at you to say that we're better than you. You listen to all our crap TV shows and our crap radio shows. So will you stop giving out and just get on with it? Yeah, that's what your you back, Your back is broken, but it's broken for a reason. It's broken so we can stand on it and reach the higher heights that you'll never even imagine. Yeah. So shut up, will you? Yeah. It's true, isn't it? Welcome to Ireland. Yeah, well, they don't care. Dean. That was nice. <laughs> I enjoyed that little speech there. That was beautiful. <laughs> Dean was That's feeling where like we're a, at. Dean was feeling like a celebrity there. All we needed was the cameras on him. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, that, you that, like, that, that is where what? we're at. That's you Ireland. felt a bit like one that, uh, the Ryan Tuberty or some of the one that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> That's Ireland summed up. It'll rain for four months of the year. We might get a weekend of sunshine, but shut your trap and get back in your box. Yeah, that's how it is, isn't it? Go on, Ireland. That is the reality of it. I tell but you anyway, what. Who are we to talk in the first place? You're right. Who are we? We we are people. Ah. We are beautiful, lovely, heartwarming people. We're two men who've connected through these conversations who will probably, you know, through our honest conversations, uh, get into the heads and, uh, uh, and hearts of some people around this world to say, you know what? We are just taking this, aren't we? we? We're actually the suckers here. We're the fools who are playing along with these lads' games. And all we have to do is just turn off our tellies. It's strange how we uh, were actually, say the conversation we just had here now, right, for the last whatever hour or so. It's strange how we're only just talking about the reality of situations, like, isn't it? Yeah, what do you and mean? That, about what you just said there now about... Um. Really, what they're saying is, yeah, shut up, close your mouth. Not none of your business. Nothing got to do with you. 
We don't care what you think. We don't care where you come from. We don't care who you are. We don't. There's we nothing don't, to see here. We don't. We we'll give you thumbs up. Shut up and give me all your taxes. We give you. We give you thumbs up and smile at you, but you really mean nothing to us. No. We'll thump the head off you in a protest. <laughs> uh, I don't care who you are. I don't care who your grandfather was and what what war that you fought in. Uh, it doesn't really matter. You're not in air gang. You didn't yeah. go to air schools. You're not playing on air rugby teams. Yeah. You don't come from the corner of Dublin that we come from. You actually come from the other corner of Dublin where all the homeless drug addicts are. And, yeah, and, it, um, and you talk with that stupid accent. And also it's what makes it a sad world, isn't it? But it's a beautiful world because we're able to talk yeah, about it. We do have freedom of speech. We can talk about it. That's what we're doing in this podcast. It's beautiful the way, maybe the way we see things, but the way they see things is actually sad. Yeah, it, it is. I know I know a fella who's really well known in Ireland and he's from kind of that world, you know what I mean? That really privileged Dublin 4 RTE world. And he was out swimming with us before on the north side here in Hoth and he was going, you know, we're actually really jealous of you because you have freedom. He said... Yeah, we don't have freedom where we are. We're locked into this bullshit game. He said, you have freedom, you have swagger, you have the accent, you have the balls to talk about what you want to talk about. Serious. He said, we're all shit scared to say anything over so here. So was he a traveller? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, if he said his name, everyone in the whole country would well, know him going, him, oh my God. I wouldn't but there's loads of them like that. No, there's loads me, of them. Maybe there's no need for names. No, there's no need for names. I'm just using that as an example. There's loads of guys like that. Yeah, um, caught up in that whole. So world. The, the reality is, they are tied down to. Uh, They're tied down to a to 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 this game of um, you're only valued if your family is this family, or if you have this name, or if uh, you have this type of job, or if you've gone to the RTE, or you've performed at this school, or something like that. That's only really where you get your va- your value from. And what we know is where we get our value from is from inside us, from our community from our families from our love for each other from our ability to go through any type of adversity and come out with a smile and a wink yeah that's true it's probably more important in the end isn't it yeah it's great and that's what I love about Ireland I know there's all this other shallow veneer thin layer of fake RTE celebrity glitziness but I also know richness is underneath all that. The earth, the soil, the songs, the stories, the community, the connection, the language, the crack, the people. That's what I love. Yeah. And you won't drag me away from that. You won't drag me away from that. So do you, do you not think you've already been dragged away from that? Absolutely not. Because I come I come and hang out with you all the time in Ballymun. Right. You can, here, you anyway, can take the Ballymunner out of Ballymun, I think but you can't ta- take the Ballymun out of Ballymunner. I think yep. we've talked about enough about the guys in the big seats now on all their big wages, yeah? Yeah. But like you said earlier on, that's not going to make a difference to us. We're just simply only having a chat. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably it's nothing got to do with us, so we, we're probably never going to have a say in it anyway. But look at um, talking about begrudging Ireland and and judging Ireland. Yeah, there is a bit of judging going on, but it doesn't mean if you talk about somebody who's um, who's full of greed, it doesn't mean you're begrudging them. It would mean begrudging if you if you saw, let's say, the ordinary man sort of trying to do do right for himself. If you I'm like, I'm an ordinary man. I think man, um, nothing special. I think that's uh, someone to be happy for. The ordinary man. And yeah, the ordinary man who's. As I said earlier on, trying to climb that ladder and not to be successful, but 
just to be happy and be able to provide for his family and that. Yeah. I think that's lovely. That's the that's the beauty of of that side of it. And um I think um these are people that you have to be happy for and wish them the best of luck in life. What we were what we were talking about for the last hour was the greed side, the greed side of life. That was no, my I, uh, I think the other one is great. The other one for me is community. Yeah. But what, 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 what the other one we were talking about earlier on was for me was that I don't like the greed part of it. Yeah. No, I don't like the the not caring about people. I don't like the part where you have to pretend to care about somebody, but you have to get paid to do it. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you understand? If it makes any sense. Try doing try, try doing all these uh, these things without getting paid. Try put up good charity shows without getting paid. Try take people on your set and make them feel good and and make them feel normal if you like, without getting paid. Try all of these things without, without getting paid and without complaining about your wages being cut. Or, 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 even, or by getting even paid, though, or by getting paid, getting though, paid the average wage. Even, like. even though you're getting more in a year that, you, that you'll never be able to spend in a year. You're getting more in a week. That's not because You're getting more in a week than him. most people, than the majority of people get in a year. And there's probably a lot more differences also. Try and do all these good things without having to be getting paid for it. Yeah. Put yourself in the poor man's shoes that does all does a lot of good and doesn't expect no uh, no trophies for it. That's what I would say. So yeah. that would be a little bit of, uh, let's say, a little bit of the moral of the story. The, the trophies thing is, is interesting because uh, one of the examples of that, for example, in, in the world of the trophies is, say, something like the Oscars. You know what I mean? Or these big award ceremonies where you've done all the work You've got paid for it, but still you need to be told. Uh, I think it's the biggest load of nonsense I've ever seen in my it's life. It's unreal, isn't it? It's one of the biggest load of nonsense I've but ever seen in my life. there's loads of them. There's all these award um, shows are fascinating. But we, we watch them. And it makes them feel... No, I, honestly, I, I can't say I watch them because... These working class people watch them. If I walk into my into my home, into my caravan, and if it's on the TV, chances are I'll, I'll throw an eye on it for a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes, whatever it might be. But then the Mark, point about you think, is, you think they would have these big award shows if nobody was watching? No, them? I know that. I know that for sure. But what I'm trying to say here is, some of, there is some there is some people on them award shows, and they just turn up for the sake of turning up. They don't mean so to me. They would be uh, civilized people, because they they have jobs as actors. Yeah, maybe singers or whatever. Say part of work they have in life, and. To just turn up because they were sort of invited or they'd been nominated or whatever it might be. Some of them, these nominations are very, very important to them, yeah? Martin, listen to me, it right? It boosts their... Uh, Let's say you walked all year. The, it boosts their status. Let's say you walked all year. And you were walking with 100 people and, and everyone was walking all year. And there was another 100 people over there. Now, by the way, we're talking all about all these Hollywood actors, yeah? So I'm just talking, I'm just giving you an example. So there's a hundred people over there, they're all working, they're doing a job. There's another people, a hundred people over there, they're all working, doing their job. And there's, there's a whole group over there. So there's three groups of a hundred people and they're all doing their jobs, yeah? And everyone's getting paid their wages. Yes. And then at the end of the year, we have um, a fancy room in a hotel and we take five people from each of those groups, we put them into a big room and we say, out of uh, the 300 people, we've picked you as 15 and we're going to give one of you's a special, special prize. And 285 people all go home, switch on their televisions and watch these special 15 people get a special, special prize. Trophy, yeah. That's what we're doing. That's basically what we're doing with all these award shows. 
because everyone's working, everyone's getting paid, but a few special, special people get a special, special award once a year to make them feel very special. And the rest of us watch it. That's true enough. So if we don't watch it, these special special people who get all these big awards... They're not special. They're not special. Yeah, that's true, yeah. They just have to get on with it like the rest of us and they'll have, just have to suffer in their ordinariness. Yeah. They'll just have to be, as you said... I am an ordinary man. <laughs> nothing special, nothing grand. Do you know that song? Oh my God. It was actually you that said that, Dean. <laughs> I am an ordinary... That's Christy, uh, Christy Moore. Christy Moore is good, isn't he? I'd love to get Christy Moore on um, as a guest. I think it'll be really nice. I think like this is episode eight. There's a we few have, people I'd like to get on. We could have a good old traveller chat because he loves travellers. Ah, oh, I'd love that. Yeah, he's well acquainted with travellers. I'd travelers like Christy Moore. I'd like to invite. Uh, he sings a lot of traveller songs. He doesn't do I'd like to invite the Lord. And he Mayor. sings a lot of countryman songs. <laughs> I'd like to invite the Lord Mayor of Dublin on. I think that would be interesting. There's another uh, another few people I'd like. You mentioned Christy Dignam before. Brilliant. Yeah, he'd be good. There's loads of people I'd love, just like to sit down with, just chat, shoot the breeze, have the crack with. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. So for the time being, we'll just dream on. What do you think? No, I think we'll start inviting people on. Yeah. Yeah, and you's out there in, uh, well, in Dean, podcast you're, you're land. The man, you're the man that knows all these people, so I guess you're going to have to make the invitations. Yeah, but I think you're the attraction. And no, you tell them I said they're welcome. That's what I'm saying, you're the attraction. <laughs> They'd be sick and tired of listening to me, you're, you're the attraction. When you're talking to them, Dean, you said, that traveller man said you're welcome, <laughs> he went on. <laughs> and you's out there in podcast land, let us know, uh, this is episode eight, so we're going to have episode nine, episode ten, then we'll start getting guests on. Um, so let us know who you want, who you want us to chat to, what kind of conversations you have. They don't have to be well known. Uh, there's a there's a guy on uh, from Ballymun. His name is Shawnee Kinsler. We're going to invite him on. He's uh, he's actually writing a book. It, the book is from crack rock to the mountain top. Very good. Now we don't need no we don't need no written scripts or anything. No. <laughs> no, we don't. We just all we done today was set up the room, turn on the microphones, and we just start chatting. And we just decided to start backbiting people and talking about people yeah, yeah. and reading ripping, for them. Ripping the heart out of good old Ireland. Them, huh? getting, the, getting the anger of, as Dean called the rich folk, yeah? <laughs> the folks are going, And they earn enough money, they're all right. They'll be, they'll be grand. I know they're jealous of us anyway with our, with our, uh, with our freedoms. The best luck to them in all their jobs and all their works. The if, best if, look and if thank that's, you. If that's what keeps them happy, yeah? Thank you for everything long that you've given they, us over the years. Long may they continue, Yes. So uh, what else do you want to talk about? Any other bit of banter or no? Um, Apart from getting very all upset quickly, about... what do you like about Ireland? Apart all upset about famous people. <laughs> very quickly, what do you like about Ireland? Well, it's me, it's me home, it's my country. That's, that's the one thing I like about Ireland. Um, I think Ireland has changed a lot in the last so many years, you know? Yeah. i tell you what, um, talk about Ireland. There's a lot of good sceneries in Ireland. There's a lot of good places that I go to in Ireland. Uh, Dublin in particular... I think they've took away, let's say, a lot of landmarks from 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 Dublin. Now you might say to me, uh, "What landmarks are they?" There was a lot of good things in 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 and around Dublin that it sort of kept uh, well, no man kept kept Dublin alive. Let's say it kept the Dublin there, if you know what I'm saying. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, like for instance, they start uh, building Dublin up. 
Yeah. They took away all the old buildings, all the old heritage buildings, is that what you call them, yeah? Right. Uh, the Let's say, when I say sceneries, I don't mean big sceneries like you're looking out over a mountain or stuff like that there. Old stuff, for instance, right? I know I was only young back then, right? But the older people will remember this now that's, <laughs> that's in Dublin. You had that uh, that hill marker down there, yeah? Yeah. That was great crack it was. Where, what was that? It was down, it was a hill marker. It was a marker. Oh, the market down in, in Hill they Street. Used to, yeah, they used to throw everything uh, no on. No Cumberland the, Street. Everything was thrown on the ground. My dad used to go to that all the People time. People like go up and down, everybody used to go to those. Brilliant, yeah. Travellers and settlers, so, uh, everybody. Down, down in just off Parnell for an old, Street. If you look for an old bargain of any kind, it was, there was always something there, you know what I mean? Jim Sheridan actually shot at the opening scene of the commitments in, in yeah, uh, that's right. down, that street. Down there, that's right. Now, as I said, I was only young back then, but I remember, say, my parents used to go to it and relatives, you name it, yeah. between settled people and travellers. But you could pick up, now, you other, could pick up everything, was, clothes, shoes, drills, but the banter was great as well. There was, you could pick up that time, there was an old man there, the traveller, old big Tommy Mohan. Yeah. God rest him. He used to do the carpet down there and he'd give the people a bit of carpet and he wouldn't wouldn't charge them for it. When I say I wouldn't charge them, for instance, like and I'm talking about he had a lot of settled uh settled community, he had a lot of friends in them. They come to him and ask him for a bit of carpet and they didn't, they didn't have to have the money. He'd give them out a bit of carpet and they'd pay him maybe the next week. Was that Tommy who was here in Ballymun as well? Oh, he He'd be on the corner there. Now, a lot of the older people would know him, yes, that's right. And he'd go, down, him, yeah. he'd go down there. He was a big part in that market, to be honest with you. Was he, yeah? But then you had a lot of, as I said, between travellers and settled people, they actually run the market. They, there was like, if you had, um, say if there was a hundred stalls on it, but the beauty of it was, it would, some of them wouldn't have stalls. They'd just throw everything on the ground. You just ramble up and down, no matter what you're looking for. Like, so there's one of them, uh, that that was a really, you know, old one, but there's one of them in Ballymun, actually, of a Sunday in, at the Trinity Comprehensive School. No, tradition has gone out of it. It's only, in a, it's only an old caribou cell. Yeah, it's like a caribou cell. It's, it's like a in, flea market. I've never been in it now, not even once. You should go over. Would you, you wouldn't be into it, no? No, because I think the, I think the, the one in town used to be... It, it, be, it became actually traditional. It was yeah, there, yeah, it yeah. Was there. there was a culture around it. It was there that long, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you had the people shouting out 10 cents an article, 50p an article, honest. Well, it wouldn't be a sense. It'd be 10p an article. 10 p an article. And it was always... Uh, and they just have bits of clothes. About. It was always a joke for years and years and years with uh, with the old, probably the old Dublin woman I was shouted out from a mile down. 10p an article, 50p an article. Or uh, whatever, just say it, but that was a crack like. That was like the girls up on Moore Street and good. all. It was Moore Street again, that's another... Uh, Mostly was a market again. A no, fruit market. is amazing. Yeah, but mostly again was a fruit market. Yeah, uh, so fruit only, and fish. Yeah, but there's a couple of stalls in it now, but there's nothing there really, is there? There's a couple of girls who do do there. There's also there's a bits and bobs. There's people who no, I who, think um, who sell cigarettes and all that. But there's loads of it's like it's it's not totally. No, it's not gone. the same. They're built up around it. Yeah, they've yeah, mithered, yeah. They've modernized it too much. That's what I think anyway. I, I yeah. could be. Do you, they even want to modernize it more. Like I could be wrong. I think they actually want to do away with it completely. They want to, they have these plans, uh, but there's there's like a, a 1916 kind of group that are kind of saying, look, this is where our rebellion was. You can't just be wiping this off uh, out of history. Like for instance, Dublin, um, we are talking about Moore Street and, and the streets connected to Moore Street. It was, um, there were streets of market stalls and they brought a lot of life into the area. And actually drew people down there, if you know what I'm saying? Like, I know the shops down there now and you have all sorts of shops and people go into town and one thing or another. Them particular scenes, 
it is what sort of made Dublin in a certain sense. And that's from your perspective and that's the kind of the common man's perspective. It was lovely. So what, what has happened is is that the common man has been pushed out and the upper middle class business people have come in and said, we don't want that common man around here. We yeah. don't want that voice, that accent. We don't want those people doing their activities. Some of them are illegal. We can get away with air illegal activities, you know, swindling and tax 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 evasion and avoidance. That's dealing with the education. It's evasion. Tax Dean. avoidance as well. Oh, we can sorry, get away with air criminal games, but we don't want these common poor working class people playing their games. You just go home and 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 uh, boy, air yeah, well, products. Well, then you had. Uh, well, then no, we're not going to go back into this thing, right? No, I'm not. We're going just, too deep into it. I, I, the thing about it is, right? I'm not, what I'm not, I was but saying, it, but it is important. There is there is parts of our country that we're allowed to, to right, go. Right, what you're saying, you, you're coming across to me like um, the rich man is taking the bread out of the poor man's mouth here, or the poor woman's mouth. Well, I wouldn't that's be wrong. I'm, that's why I'm getting from there off you now, right? But anyway, other than that, right? What I was really talking about was. I was talking about the beauty of it. Yes, gorgeous. I was talking about the old traditional Dublin accents coming from every corner of Dublin. That's what I was talking about. There was a beauty in there, right? Now, um, you had that on almost every street. Not every street, but there was a couple of main streets down there that they were allowed to do it. They were doing their tradings and they're buying, they're selling and all that stuff. And, and everybody seemed to enjoy it. There was no, uh, as far as I was concerned anyway, I don't think so, there was no criminal activity involved in it because it was mainly old old ladies that were running all the stalls. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? They were giving the orders, they were telling people what to do and what not to do and grab this or give me that past that or they'd always have someone maybe helping them on the stalls to sort of working with them and yeah, telling well, them what I, to when do. When I talk about criminal stuff, I talk about you might get a stall that gets some, you know, cheap stuff that, you, you know... Or, or like black market stuff. Black market stuff. No, but... You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but there wouldn't have been a lot of that even back then. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what they used to do, they'd buy the stuff from the warehouses in Dublin. From the fruit markets and Maybe all that. Maybe someone would go down the north and bring stuff up. Yeah. But the, it was all still, uh, it was a, le- a legit uh, a legit thing, if you know what I'm saying to you. Yeah, and it brought, it brought but, wealth and culture and a bit of life to the city. It did, a lot. Being honest about it, it brought a lot. And then, the other thing about it was then, so not for me particular, but the people that were down there trading every day, they, they became family then because they got to all know each other, if you know what I'm saying. And again, it was all, uh, I won't say all old people, but believe me, it was a majority of old women that ran the stalls. Yeah, yeah. But then they might have uh, middle-aged people with them also. And it was just something lovely about it. I remember, I remember going down there with I think uh, what, what, what just... Uh, what just to connect with me was that, as I said, I was only young anyway, yeah. but I was only young, but I sort of grew up along to it, like, was the accent, the Dublin accent. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, be honest about it. It's absolutely it's like, beautiful. It's like, it's like it's singing. You know what I mean? I hear Tommy, have you there got was a real, uh, that LT there was a real, now? how do you call it, the way I can describe it anyway, I don't know. There was a real deep twist to it. Yeah, like yeah, a curl, yeah. It was like curling the... In the words, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. There was a cuddle and a colour in the words. Like, uh, the words. we talked before about um, about Brendan Grace, right? Yeah. The comedian, yeah. I love it when he uh, when he actually, and I know he came from the the Liberties and all that, right? Yeah. But the thing about it was, he had obviously a Dublin accent, right? But I used to love it when he actually, when he'd imitate 
the older Dublin accent. Yeah, he'd if he, tone it up a little bit. If you know what I'm saying, he'd bring it out there. And I just love listening to that. And that's what I was saying about this guy, this outside uh, D4 person who'd come over swimming us. He said, you have the accent and all, and we don't have that. He said, we have this weird Oh, is that what you were talking about earlier on? That's that he was saying to you, yeah. He was saying, you have this... So was he from Dublin 4 or what? He's from Dublin 4, but, yeah. but he, the, the accent had been... I don't know, educated out of them or something like that. I don't know, I don't know the, the, the phrase that I'm looking for. But he, he didn't speak the way he spoke. But when he put his accent on that he was using in this TV show that he yes. was doing, it was my accent. So you would have thought he came from the same area as you at this stage? Yeah, but he was putting on a Dublin accent. He's from Dublin. But he was he, good at it, was he, he? But he had to put on a Dublin accent. And he was talking to us and But going, this is why he was getting paid for. This is what he was getting paid for. He was getting paid for putting on a Northside accent. Yeah. Uh, that's he, like uh, that's kinda, like um, they were kind of jealous of the fact that we had it yeah but that's like a country man then um, trying to put on a traveller accent I know all the films they made the traveller films yeah like uh, what was the one no not all of them but a lot of them yeah. what was the one Snatch yeah yeah. here we go crack here we go that was actually alright do you like Dags what was it do you like Dags that was good do you like Dags I think he he kind of got away with it he could have just changed the one letter do you like Dogs do you like Dogs I think he done quite a good job yeah he done alright he he pushed a little bit too far (laughs) so what you're saying to me is one of the things that you like about Ireland that you like about people is obviously it's just the scenery but there's also Um, the people look if we went down and and, uh, was to write down a list about Ireland there's lots of things I love about Ireland yeah. there's lots of things I love about Dublin um, one of the things was I said there the accent of the Dublin accent is just brilliant yeah. but it's only very rarely now you, you get that deep uh, you'll hear a person talking in that deep accent that twisty curly accent yeah. it's just lovely I think like everything else it's slowly slowly changing because it depends uh, what part of the town they come from I know it's probably all inner city is it I think I think so anyway we're all that strong yeah yeah like my man and dad is from say Sherry Street and East Wall so right. when I'm when I'm with them and I'm around my brothers and sisters I kind of talk really really Dublin really fast really witty really cutting kind right. of accents you know yes. what I mean yeah uh, you're, you're kind of losing that uh, and I, I like I notice say for example even in Ballymun if you get two or three young people together they kind of have this weird American TikTok kind of voice yeah. and, the, and the real Dublin kind of partner where the slagging and and uh, banter and all this type of stuff is being lost but as soon as I go into town I'm full on alright lads what's going on how's it going oh, yeah. yeah yeah you're my joke all this type of stuff yeah you can hear it a mile away can't you though yeah it's great but it has it has real uh, substance. What would you what would you call that? Would you call it a heritage or something like that? Would, yeah, it? Yeah, I think I think there's it's the culture. There's a poetry in the culture. Yeah, well, an accent. Yeah, that's the one thing I want to say. An accent actually is a culture, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, the Dublin accent well, is part of a culture. The Dublin accent, the one that we use. Yeah. Um, you know, as kind of north side dubs or, or, or whatever like that. Yeah. Certain parts of like if you went out from here to Ballyfermot now. Yeah. Do you find the accent out there different? Uh, not really, no. Why? Uh, I would, yeah. In what way? For instance, right, yeah, you have like, lads from Tala, you have lads from Clondalk, and you had lads from Ballyfermot, then you have lads from Inner City. Yeah. So look, we look at uh, we look at uh, at the TV there, and we see all say the Irish films basically, right? Yeah. Look, all the couple of films that Roddy Doyle uh, done, yeah, wrote, and to brought a lot. Now I know it's back. It's going back a while because. Part of it, they didn't even have to act. It was there, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. But when you look at these films, you see you see a lot of the changes that has become in Dublin. 
Do you get what I'm saying? If it yeah, makes yeah. any sense. Looking back, you say, gee, that's, that's changed, this has changed, that looks different, or that, or that sounds different, whatever it might be. Because they tried to live these films up to the reality as much as they could. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was the was the it was the beauty about them. Ah, Blaine James. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Ronnie, that was well, Ronnie Drew, my Dublin. <laughs> no, so that was happening. Go back to Ronnie Drew for a second. He's a brilliant accent. Yeah, so the accents brilliant. have got the accents have got Deep, soft. Curly, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. And they have it's, also um, modernized a little bit or whatever, you know? Yes. I think let's say it, it's got a bit plainer. Yeah. But not for the right reasons. No, not for the right reasons. I think there's a lot more depth. Like there's there's that kind of towny accent. Uh like I, my my niece lives in town, right? Yes. And I live out in uh, I've been in Ballymona, uh, you know, all my life. And when she talks to me, she's straight in going, "Here on you, what are you doing?" You She think, has yeah. that. Straight away. Is that's that because a, that's she's a normal accent all the time. But if I go into town, my accent kind of opens up into that a bit more. You know what I mean? Because you're surrounded you, by a lot more people who so have that. So you try to blend in with that accent then, basically? Yeah, but I, I start to remember my uh, original accent that I had when I was growing up, which was much more like that. Yeah, I understand that, yeah. But that can, that's very easy to happen to people, isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're kind of, your accent gets smoothed out a little bit. The edges get cut off it. The, the little uh, peaks and troughs in your accent get removed. Yeah. What about Northern Ireland accent? What do you think of that? It, I, I love it. I think it's fascinating. I think it's nice. The Belfast. Belfast accent. The Derry accent. The Derry, yeah. Some of them have, uh, again, the same thing as here. The ha- some of them has it stronger. Yeah. And some of them has that accent more softer. And also, like you're at the same word there, stronger, right? The way you said it. The traveller accent is softened up as well, big time. Uh, yeah, but see, probably you could notice that better than I could. No, but that's what I'm saying. I might think I'm talking in a big, in a big uh, Dublin accent, but I know I know my accent has gotten an awful lot softer. Right. But I definitely know the traveller accent in this country, because I was sitting in the trailer uh, with you earlier on today, and a couple of the boys were around. 20 years ago, I wouldn't have known what you were saying. And today, I, I understand every single conversation that you're having. So are you saying you're going stupid? Is that what you're saying to me? That's, yeah, I'm going half thick. <laughs> you're going half blind. The traveller accent, the traveller, the speed at which you speak and all that is slowing down and getting a bit smoother. Maybe because that's the one people to listen to them more. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, even, even I don't think 20 years ago, the traveller voice or the traveller accent that you had would have come across at all on this this podcast. People would be yeah. saying... What's he saying? I don't understand what he's saying. Yeah, I'll tell you what, how where that can come. No, I'm not saying it does come from. Yeah. But chances are that it's, it's a possibility that some of it came from where travellers actually shy to talk. Shy in speaking. Yeah. Shy to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? So for basically, right, Um, you have the countryman there, the traveller, and he's talking to him, yeah? And he's going, he's getting the words out all fast and stuttery because why? He's actually ashamed to 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 oh, ha- very have good. a conversation. Yeah, yeah. So what? So what? What's happening here? So is are that you're, breaking, you're able to slow this right down. Well, in a sense, yeah. Are you breaking out of that? That's what I'm trying to say. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Now yeah. I'm only using that as I don't, I don't know for 100 percent sure. But if you were uh, if you were around people, yeah, and you were sort of embarrassed to talk, or you were shy, uh, like uh, you pick your words very carefully. I think. Uh, yeah, but also there's a chance you might just speak fast and I might understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, you might panic and shit yourself. Yeah, and just go. Uh, Do you get what I'm saying to you yeah, now? Yeah, so yeah. that that that's where maybe some of that comes from. But there's also there you kind of still have it when I hear you and your young fella say talking. You can just say fifteen words in a row. 
But we understand each other. And you understand each other. I'm getting to understand it a little bit more. But yeah, I I've often got that uh, a few times I was in England, yeah? It's years ago. And you see, now I'm not slagging off anybody here, right? You see uh, Pakistan's talking, right? Yeah. Now Pakistan, England, Birmingham is full of Pakistans, right? Yeah. And... They could be having a sensible chat and you think they were actually fighting. <laughs> Obviously, you wouldn't understand it was a different language. Yeah. But if you could understand, if they were speaking in English, you still they were thinking. That's think, like the elements of Moestry here. Hello, what are you looking for there? Yeah, that's right. All fast. Uh, do you want to be caught oh, there? You think they were fighting, even if, if, if you could understand them. You think they were, but they're only having a sensible chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're talking fast. But yeah, back to Moestry again. You'll probably get that in Moestry as well sometimes. I'm sorry, what was that? You don't <laughs> what do you love, I love you? All Before right there, you love? knew, you got wrapped an orange or an apple. They'd, they'd speak at twice the, the speed of yours and they'd ask you three questions in, yeah. in one. What are you looking for there, love? You all right there, love? Where you going? He'd be like, oh, I don't know what to say. Yeah. But um, I get think... Get your bangers there, five. What are they? Uh, we probably get Get your sparklers in, there, love. You'll probably get this in, um, as I said, about the northern, the northern voice. Some of them has lovely accents. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. One of the things I like about Ireland, it's mad for the size. Don't get me wrong. Some of the Northern, Northern Ireland voices you, you can barely understand them. You know that. Yeah, and then and then it goes. Well, I up, thought I thought travellers were bad. And then it goes up into Scotland and Talking parts of Scotland. You need uh, Scotland. Even as Irish people, we'd need subtitles. Like yeah, that's right. Sure. Um, did you ever look at um? Well, I often looked at all YouTube there, certain bits and pieces, and the subtitles are beyond because you can you can barely make out what they're saying. I made I made a documentary here and it went to America and a few other uh, say film festivals around the world and yeah. they had subtitles on it and it was just me and a couple of lads from Finglas. Why did you put subtitles on it? I didn't, but the director did because oh, it was going to a yeah. different country. But we were speaking English, but in an Irish Dublin in the Irish Dublin accent. Accent, but it went to America and Australia and all that. And so she sent me the version with subtitles and they got loads of the words wrong now and right. all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the reason is they're. Um, it's happening nine out of ten. The subtitles are wrong because they're they have to write it up fast. Yeah, to keep with the words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if they could, if they could, if they could slow down the motion. Yeah, they might need subtitles. Oh, uh, funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's one of the things I love about Ireland is the different uh, accents, the different. Um, Slang and slags, slangs, colloquialisms, uh, like Dean, hold up for one second, please. Ah. What does colloquialism mean? Could you rephrase? Could you rephrase that? It's like give me a small bit of an explanation, please. I give you one example. There's a phrase. There's a phrase that you might use in up in Saint Margaret's, right? That's yeah. only used in that one area. That mightn't be used anywhere else. And that's a local colloquialism. Like, get the heck out of here. Something like that. That's we learned that of Eddie Murphy. Get the heck get out of here. Heck, <laughs> that would be an American one, you know what yes. I mean? Um, so you would have different phrases. Uh, I'm trying to think of one for Ballymun. Uh, Yopa. You know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like a Dublin one. I think that's your one, Dean, though, is it? Uh, I don't know. I think McGregor made it famous. Did he do that one? Yeah. Yeah, but well, I like yes. it. I think it's great. Bigger. I think it, it sounds like uh, get up out of that and yes, all in the same kind of thing. Yeah, yes, like yup, like that. I need better than that, Dean. No, I need something better than that, honestly. <laughs> Sometimes I need a bit of convincing, uh, you know that. Stall it. Snap out. Stall it. on to yourself. What? <laughs> Crawgy soup, That's a bit of can't, you know that? What was that? Crawgy. Crawgy. In other words, if you were saying too much, you're making a fool of yourself. Yeah. And if I was talking to somebody and there was, and there was someone sensible there, yeah. 
and you just kick in with your words, I'd say crowd you soon, like stall, stall, stall. Stall, stall, stall. In other words, keep it close, stay quiet. <laughs> Bug the Yannick. That's what that I'm, was, uh, he's going to like that one. Bug the Yannick would be robbing some others. Bug the Yannick is going to like uh, hide, Stealing, hide, hide, hide that thing there. Bug that soon, did you put it on the crowd, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Keep, put the Yannick, <laughs> push the Yannick out away or something, whatever. Push the Yannick, bug the Yannick there, boss. But um, yeah, crowd would be a good one, all right. So they're local so, colloquialisms. Yeah. Is that what a colloquialism is? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, is a colloquialism a word? <laughs> is that what you're saying to me, Dean? Because you're confusing me very bad with your uh, colloquialism, like whatever a it means. Word, yeah. But what what is the meaning of the word? It's like a local dialect. What's a dialect? Um, certain words that only exist in a certain area that only people in that area use and understand. Or understand. So yeah. I'm lost for that one then. Right, what was colloquialism? <laughs> I want to know what that was. That is the word to use to describe that type of thing. But what does the word itself mean? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Come on, Dean, you're actually educating on me here. We're going down the rabbit I just told you I left now. school at 12, uh, so now I'm asking you to learn me what that word is. You know when you go underneath the bottom of a Honda 100, and there's a little... A Honda what? Honda 100. What's a Honda 100? It's, and there's a uh, Honda 100 is like... What two, the heck? We're getting the... Honda 100 is like two Honda 50s. It's worse... <laughs> <laughs> And there's like a little jiggling pin. So on the, you're on the two motorbikes, yeah? There's like a jiggling pin on the bottom of the Dutney Fercolator. Wow, isn't it? So you get a little, you get a spring sprung yeah. there, and you put a bit of waxing waxing cloth onto that. Yeah. And what you do is you rub that between two... Um, cogs. Cogs, there you go. Yeah. And what happens is you get another thing that you happens. movement in the engine, You get movement it? in the engine there. And right. then all you have to do is turn it on the click... And you're in. That's the key part of it. That's the key. That doesn't explain what that word meant. So I want I, to know what that word meant. I was trying to avoid confusion. Yeah? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to let you off that word, right? <laughs> the next time you go put a silly word around me, you're going to have to explain it, okay? It's a thingamabob. I think I let you off a few times as well with them words. There were certain sort of words that you don't even know. What's your... Uh, that you don't even understand what it is yourself. Martin... Transviloquist, you said a couple Whoa, of weeks Whoa! Transviloquist! Trans... Uh, a transveloquist, is it? Was it? like a transvestite ventriloquist. A, ventri- you said. a ventriloquist, Dean. You got you that word wrong. You said transveloquist. I said a ventriloquist. <laughs> What's a ventriloquist, Dean? Now, now, I can tell you what a ventriloquist is. Yeah. You need to tell me what a transveloquist is. A transveloquist is, is a ventriloquist on a train. <laughs> 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 it's going nowhere. So you got out of that one there, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I reversed out of that one quickly. So uh, what's the next thing to talk about? And let's talk about it because... No, like, the next thing is... that, that was uh, That's episode eight, done and dusted is in it, the bag, yeah. yeah. How long are we up there now? How long is that? We're there long enough, actually. Is it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Time to go home. All right. Sing, so us, out, sing, sing us out with a song there. Sing, um, say... Uh, Cheerio, folks. Go on, Dean. That, that lovely posh voice that you have from Malahide. Cheerio, folks. No, I'll say it a bit better than that. Go on, what was the song you were singing on the way in? You were singing... I uh, sing loads of songs. No, you were singing one on the way in. Um, going Dean, around the mountain, is it? If you were paying me to sing a song, I couldn't sing. I don't know how to sing. What's that one we're going around the mountain? I don't know. Where are you we going? You do know it. What's it? You were singing it earlier on. Going around the mountain. She'll be coming around no. the mountain when she comes. That's the wagon and the horse and the cowboy. She'll be coming <laughs> around the mountain when she comes. Come on, Dean, She'll be coming around the mountain. Coming around the mountain. Coming around the mountain when she comes. Dean, Yee-haw. I don't mean to offend you in any way, but I think I told you this before. If you have a day job, stick with it. I'm telling <laughs> you. Episode 8. See you soon. So that's us for this episode. Traveller and a Countryman podcast. If you like it, let us know. 
share it around and uh, so we'll see you on the road.